Hi, thanks for joining the DC Yoga Podcast. I'm Kim Weeks. My company is Kim Weeks Well, and I'm a longtime DC yoga teacher stepping in to do some interviews, do some talks um, on behalf of Chris Parkinson, the creator of DC Yoga Podcast. We really appreciate you tuning in. And um, there's so many cool interviews on the DC Yoga Podcast, of which I am sure my conversation with Joe Miller will be one. I'm sitting here with Joe Miller today on this rainy Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. And Joe is, has a lifelong relationship with yoga. He has been doing it basically his whole life. He's certified in Kripalu and Anusara Yoga and a longtime friend, student, and fan of Rod Stryker and Para Yoga. But interestingly, he's let go of all of that brand identification in yoga and also happens to be um, the owner of his mother's yoga studio originally, Willow Street Yoga, um, one of DC's oldest and most renowned studios located in Tacoma Park. He's been there for seven years. It's willowstreetyoga.com. And Joe, I'm so excited you came in. Thanks for being my first interview. Oh, I so appreciate the opportunity, Kim. Yeah, you came to mind immediately. And um, I just had a great time talking to Chris about this, you know, his idea for the DC Yoga Podcast is to create a resource of those of us who've been doing yoga, teaching yoga, getting up in the yoga business for such a while, um, because he knows we all have a lot to say. And, um, you know, another shout out to other podcasts that are on this feed, because they're all super interesting. And they all start with, tell us, tell me about your first yoga class. Sure. It is. It is such an interesting time in the bigger business and all the different avenues of this great tradition that is in kind of a unique modern um, expression right now. Um, wow. Well, the first yoga class question, but I wonder if I could actually think when was my first yoga class? Um, I had the good karma, as you mentioned, to grow up my earlier years with the remarkable Susie Hurley, who discovered yoga when I was a very small kid. Your mother. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. um, in the 70s, we were a military family, and she started doing yoga. And really, transcendental meditation was sort of her bigger step into the path of a greater and more conscious life. So I remember um, kind of yoga being a part of the life and as it became more and more of the family life, um, I was, we were just kind of exposed to it um, and it was just kind of round and of course my remarkable mom was um, a very good teacher of it. Interestingly, as hearts grow apart in her spiritual path, it did create a change in the family. And um, the family split up, and it really wasn't. Um, I ended up with my military father, and Susie and my sister went off to, um, came to this area to study meditation and yoga with uh, John Schumacher at Unity Woods. Oh, wow. Yeah. So and, you're saying you're, you, you and your dad went the military route? Yeah, when I was about 11. Sister, 11. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because of the history that you described uh, with the. Um, with the, the Willow Street and the, uh, most folks, of course, assume that I grew up in this super conscious um, sattvic environment where we did, did our, yep, did our Vedic harmony. prayers before we um, <laughs> Every meal. had our kitchery. Um, not actually the case. I grew up in kind of a fiery um, household. My dad is an amazing guy, um, but he's pretty pretty intense. I, it's funny the, how karma plays out. I often um, think had the divorce kind of played out separately and I, you know, how we, um, we work against or tend to push against that which we're immersed in. And I often think had I ended up in Susie Hurley's house immersed in yoga, which was even more, of course, for her after the split. You um, could as be, a, yeah. yeah, I know. I'd be over Afghanistan would, blowing shit up right now, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you never know. The path you never life, know. Right, right. right. Um, so anyway, it's hard to keep rolling all over the place here. Um, the, so I think really when I started, I reconnected with my, after a pretty darn challenging uh, teen experience. Um, and So like exposure to yoga early on, but then big break. Yeah. And Military so, fire explosions. And then... Yes, challenging teen years. Challenging and, teen um, years. Ended up and Susie Hurley and the remarkable, the man she married, who I'm so grateful for, John Hurley. And um, 
it was just I, it was such a heart opening experience in terms of the love and the shift. And I had been locked up for a bit, so it was mm. challenging. This is what um, year? This would have been about eighty seven. Uh-huh. Eighty seven. Um, okay. Yeah, so I was about seventeen, and then I was able to leave the place, and I was out when I was eighteen, and um, and I started studying uh, kung fu um, with uh, Master Brown in downtown Silver Spring. Uh, Susie Hurley at the time it was before she had um, started Willow Street, mm. and what I she taught uh, just in the little school that's down the street from me now um, at Tacoma Elementary. She had a um, she had a yoga class. Um, Wednesday nights, and it was also sparring night at the um, in my kung fu studies, and um, and I discovered that if I did her class and then went to sparring, my sparring was so much better, and I was in way less pain the next day. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> it was really you were you eighteen, late teens. Yeah, so I was like eighteen. That's so um, interesting. So, what do you think it was? It put you in. What did the classes do? I mean, I think just because she had been, you know, she um, she had a really interesting uh, kind of yoga backstory. The the unconditional love, the bhakti energy of Kripalu was mm-hmm. always her spiritual oh, home. Cool. And at the same time, she recognized, with all due respect to Kripalu Yoga and Swami Kripalu, that the expression of the alignment uh, relationships at that time. Um, because she had the good fortune to have the skills of John Schumacher and the Iyengar methodology, she recognized that there was a little bit of a disconnect between this idea of Dharma, right? How do we line yeah. up with body and, right. and our hearts at the same time? If we kind of move, if there's a potential. Well, you know, what illustrates this is um, one of my favorite quotes. It's from um, the founder of Chiropractic, and he said, that um, it's the path of least resistance that makes men and rivers crooked, right? And in this relationship where we're too close with the asanas, as you, I know, can appreciate, it's so easy to fall into our own patterns, right? So she really um, had this interesting mix of a really good uh, stira-based practice mm-hmm. and the steady, heart. Yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. a steadiness mm-hmm. and, a, um, and, and a brightness. Um, so that steadiness and that brightness is what you took into your Kung Fu class and it channeled. Excuse me. <laughs> what happened is, um, well, it was just kind of an eye opener that there was more yeah, here. Yeah. And then I also started to study. The X facilitates Y. Right. This like there's a bigger relationship effect, yeah. that there's a, um, there's a connection to as much as after having a life where I had a bit of a, a disembodiment yeah. and um, was not a real physical kid. Um, I um, kung fu was such an empowering, such an empowering um, experience for me. And then the yoga just sort of started to open up this new door. Um, not to get too carried away in my big story. So those were that. Hey, to we're answer here. Your question, we're here Marta. for you to get carried away. DC Yoga Podcast is relying <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah. So the um, so yeah, that was really my first real yoga classes, and that kind of opened the door to yeah. kind of jump ahead just on kind of what got me to the deeper studies of yoga. Yeah, I was going to um, ask about deeper studies and like, you know, did that happen in your 20s or did it happen immediately after? Like, And then what led you to become a teacher? Was it the deeper studies that immediately became, I want to be a teacher? Because meanwhile, your mom was about to open Willow Street or like in the process of doing so, Yeah, right? she was close, yeah. They, uh-huh. um, Which may not be related, like I'm 94 wondering. Like 94 or 93. So the quick version of my story and the gosh darn growth opportunity of this embodiment <laughs> along with so many others is I've really dealt with um, hurt and depression and darkness and it's really easy for me to lose sight of the gift, this magic that makes our breath alive that the yogis are right. so interested in. Right. So I'm really grateful for those couple years I spent, uh, maybe till I was 20 or so, um, living with Susie Hurley and John Hurley um, was uh, a great thing for me. I set out on the world on my own not too far after that, after working as a cook for Marriott for a couple of years. I ended up um, living with a brother in North Carolina, and um, all my demons just really caught up with me. Um, 
I tried lots of things. I tried studying electronics. I tried a bunch of different paths, and it was just nothing seemed to work. To go back to Susie Hurley, after about two years, I was living in a, a what I think would be fair to call quite a slum. Uh, I was surviving on potatoes and pot, which not... <laughs> Not, but not good for not, digestion. Not, not the best. For I know. The I don't hear any protein in there. Right. You'd be surprised. There's not a beta know, in which you would chant. A hot. few bucks, yeah. you could really live on some potatoes. That's my point. <laughs> the, this is a great story, actually. Uh, I, uh, Susie, because of some of the details I've given you, she's of course had. Um, a lot of angst about that 11-year-old, this hypersensitive 11-year-old who she let go of, because mm. um, we actually even got stationed in Germany a few years later, so we were we were really, really quite, quite apart. She called mm. me up one night while I was living in that place, and I had a love mom first uh, thing, which was, um, everything's great, couldn't do better. Yeah. She lied about the jobs I was having yeah. and the um, success and the beautiful girl I was seeing. Um, and, um, she called me back a few, we got off the phone. She called me back a few minutes later in tears. And she said, she didn't believe a word I said. Um, I don't know what courage or just the pain I was in at the time, but somehow I just fessed up and, um, still sugarcoated, but gave her a little bit of my situation. And she, um, invited me, offered me to do a program at Kripalu, they had in-house programs at the time, and um, to go up to Kripalu and do, I believe it was called the Ultimate Self-Esteem Program, this oh, cool. like week-long program. Yeah, it was like mm -hmm. a week-long um, thing. And they still do that now, don't they? I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure they, they have month different, longs. I think yeah, all sorts I see of those things. advertisements a lot, it seems. Yeah, they've really Like a changed. good idea for a 20-something, <laughs> yes, you yeah, know, yeah, looking for. Twenty. Okay. I probably hit hit twenty. Yeah. The um, and uh, so anyway, for somehow, some way, she also floated the idea at the time they were kind of their own thing, but a bit of a traditional ashram. They had a, what they called the spiritual lifestyle training, where you could live there as kind of a trade and learn yoga. And so that was a possibility. I went up there. For, the quick version is I went up there for a week. Um, I had such a heart-opening experience and such a shift in um, my ability to see myself in community that basically I left two years later. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah, you went up. for a week and you left two years later. <laughs> I did. That's great. Oh, I know. Um, yeah, so after the three months and immersion, then there's like, there was... And um, you became a teacher at that time or it was just the I study? I did part of, so it was a lot of intensive study. It was really so remarkable in so many different ways. Um, just as a, a person, a, a young man who'd grown up in a really fiery military family with really distorted views of masculinity and... Um, an action. An action and anger and not being able to see, being a victim of, on the, the hurting side of anger, being so hateful of myself when I experienced it. Um, and so easy for mine to get into all of those stories. It was um, it was really just a it was just a remarkable experience to be able to step back to eventually to as residency happened. I was legally um, a vowed member of a religious community, so I was a monk. I had a vow of poverty, which I was already really good at, <laughs> and the celibacy, which right. not so good at, actually. <laughs> as um, it turns out. Yeah, as it turns out, like part of the way that kid had kind of gotten to a place where I could um, not jump off a bridge was through my ego's identification with um, sex and sexuality. So to end up in a in a community, although the man, the, there was a male religious head, Amrit Desai, it was really just this beautiful matriarchal community. It was, um, it was just a great expression of what if a bunch of really different people with a like-minded idea for growth, what if we were just to create something? And it was, at that time, it was just the most unique and special place. Like, I am so grateful to have been there. Mm -hmm. um, there's tons of dysfunction. Yeah, like the, any community. So, yeah, like, like exactly. every all, group. All, yeah. all, all human What is that the phrase? You, two, you put two people in a room and you've got politics or something like that? Right. Like there's just, you can't, it's unavoidable. So you, 
So, okay, so we have you two, or your early 20s, where you've decided to leave Kripalu, and you've left, you leave Kripalu to do what? Yeah, so I really had such a journey of Kripalu, of from wounded little, I can't manifest yeah. into the world. They really um, saw something great in me. And, um, and two years is such a long time. It is a long age. time. And before I knew it, I was running... Um, a big part at the time that we were the largest vegetarian kitchen in North America. Yeah. And I was put, um, well, I was assistant coordinator, um, which mean I pretty much ran it. Um, a big section of the kitchen. It was, of cool. course, we called it SAVA, selfless yeah. service, was what our, our kind of work details were, um, which really did change the orientation. And like our work was, um, like part well, part of the role I stepped into was like at 10 a.m. after we cleaned up the kitchen in the morning, we would all sit around. How many uh, businesses or kitchen? Well, anyway, we'd sit around. We would I would facilitate a conversation just consciously about being in relationship and what's going on on our path. And, That's so great. Uh, it was amazing. So everybody came to work under your management, think knowing that they they would be take part in this conversation every day. Yeah, and just so uh, cool. and just the idea of everything is sacred. Like you know, there was different sevas, different groups, and like it was like at that time, it was the most clean. It was just this old crazy Jesuit monastery from mm -hmm. the fifties, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and um, and it was just that's the actual Kripalu building. Yeah, the actual right? they've expanded yeah, it so, a lot yeah. since the big change and yeah, since yeah. the uh, the Amrit Amrit drama yeah. and all of that. But the maybe one way to kind of illustrate the um the kind of energy of this is like in this recognizing there was just the most pristine and cleanest place you mm -hmm. ever could imagine. Mm -hmm. Like the waterworks, yeah. the folks who took care of the bathrooms, like they had the same thing, right? They had this, like they were a community of people mm. working together. Mm. That shift from working for the man and doing what we can to solve first chakra's need to feel safe just to have some flipping money for food and shelter that shift into service. Like it was, it was a remarkable experience for me. The, um, my wife always encouraged me to write this book. Um, because as the years, as my time there went on, there was really dramatic shifts. The celibacy as is almost always the case in these, uh, fraught, human constructions, even when they have the most fundamental intention for the experience, to celebrate the experience of life, always get messy. And when it came out that Amrit Desai had... The Arit, was he, no, he wasn't the founder of Kapala. He was... He was kind of the founder. He, um, yeah, he, he was, um, he had studied with Swami Kapala, oh, that's right. who was, yeah. um, who was brought at the end of his life to, I think, the first iteration of Kripalu, which right. was in Pennsylvania, I'm yeah. forgetting the yeah. town. Yeah, I remember. I was yeah. way, the yeah. later years, yeah, when that it was had become this kind of huge, right. you kind of juggernaut institution. Yeah. It, was, it was The biggest. I mean, it really is the most influential, I think, in oh, our yeah, I mean, even general still, field. Yeah, yeah exactly. The, um, so, so anyway. Was, so we had the big drama at Kripalu. I, I, in some ways, I did not quite, the heart, the community was just this beautiful anahata, this heart-focused community. Um, and like I, I, I hope I expressed a little bit, was that was such a huge shift for me. Mm -hmm. But I'm a little more rajasic. I'm a little more fiery. I'm a little more, um, and I was 20. Um, mm -hmm. and, well, and you half of your life, you grew up with that influence. So <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. another layer. So, um yeah, so I um, I was the only monk in combat boots and with <laughs> different color hair, and um, but just the uh, that unconditional love. So for me, like I was so grateful for the tools of yoga, for the communication model that we worked on, which really stepped me into a different ability to express, and just the environment. But I never became a disciple. I was never. Um, it's kind of, it's another sub story in terms of my relationship with bhakti yoga, which is a, uh, the yoga of devotion and mm -hmm. love and trust. Mm -hmm. And I just never, it just didn't, it, uh, I was not, um, I was not in a place where I could do that. So when the whole, the shit hit the fan, um, and it came out that Amrit had, and um, you were still living there at the time. I or? was still, yeah. Oh, still wow. You were there, there when at I went the down. time. Um, yeah. So for, yeah, the yeah. Amrit Desai. And I may, I did, I was, the celibacy was just a remarkable gift for me in so many ways. And then we practiced social separation, um, 
which was fantastic because it meant that I had avoided them my whole life. But men, I had to, we, they were, we were brothers and sisters, and I had to really connect with the men, and it was so healing and um, beautiful. Oh, social separation. Sorry, I forgot a moment that means you're... Yeah, we didn't. So other than, unless we were at the Seva's, yeah. we were... We were discouraged from interacting with the, um, the opposite sex. Mm -hmm. um, as part of the celibacy deal. As part of the celibacy and just, mm -hmm. yeah, the kind of more classic. We mm -hmm. sat on, like, mm -hmm. in the dining chapel, the, mm -hmm. the sisters sat on one mm -hmm. side, the brothers sat mm -hmm. on the other side, mm -hmm. which was fantastic. And in the interest of um, satya, uh, truthfulness, part of the reason when the shit hit the fan, I was like, oh, I could really relate to that because although done oh. good with the celibacy, right. there may have been yeah. an actress from New York who... <laughs> There's, it there's was a practice. The, yeah, there's always the actress <laughs> from New York. Yes, <laughs> Soul right. Coughing has a great album, a great song about the actress from L.A. It's Anyway, um, yes, and so, to, you know, clarify, the Amrit Desai issue was his... Um, come out can can we say predatory? Yeah, or is it... Well, I mean, is it... Say, or, or just more in the... Not to hasten the conversation, but in the John Friends school of relating right. to women. Yeah. This karma seems to follow me around. <laughs> yes. Um, Maybe we yes. should... We've got, we've got all the time in the world. Uh, Amrit Desai yeah. was abusing his power. Yeah, as, okay. um, with, the, with, the, with I don't really know the, the specifics. Yeah. It's hard to... Yeah, um, no, we do not need to take no, up this podcast for those specifics. But to tie that, you know, sort of your your own, you know, sort of human man yogi realizations in this context is what, well, and the actress in New York yeah. well, <laughs> before and, mentioned is now going to lead you someplace. Tell us where we go. Yeah, exactly. So, so why, so why that was while so many people whose celibacy mm -hmm. had been caught up in their own sexual issues and oh, all yeah. of this were literally melting yeah. down. Oh, His yeah. chair was getting thrown downstairs. It was mm, crazy mm, upheaval. Mm. It was super intense. I was having a really different experience. That's so because interesting. Because as I was going through this unfolding of stepping into maybe Joe Miller's not so bad, look at all these people who love me, look at all of these things that um, I'm learning and expressing yeah. and stepping into, one of the hard things, because the celibacy and the commitment that I'd made, oh, I took it very seriously, and passion happens, and passion happened, and, um, and I'm even grateful for the conscious choices that I made with her to, to stay in our vows. But that, it was, of course, such a archetypal story for me to come back to failure town. And so when the teacher of all of my teachers um, was like, well, he failed too. Right. It, for me, it was like, oh, yeah, we just kind of got to give ourselves some compassionate space. And I had... Um, Oh, I had some life experiences that really told me that everybody, because we had this thing, everybody who goes back to the real world, you leave the ashram mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. is tough. Like everybody mm -hmm. has a tough time. I was so sure that this was um, not going to be the case for me. So I, oh, and I was also torn because the community letting, uh, there was a great article years ago in Yoga Journal, it's called Shrinking the Guru. Um, about kind of the co-creative energy, sort of this, in, in some ways, like a real-world, remarkable, functional commune mm -hmm. that um, Kripalu was, which was very exciting to me. And I had the call of, do I want to stay and build this community, or do I want to step out into the world? And I was... I remember those days. I was so filled with just brightness and felt I had so much to share that I decided to to go save the world. Yeah. Um, well, go be in it. I mean, do you think yeah. it do you think it's like do you think that the zeitgeist had a little bit to do with it also in terms of the larger yoga story? Like like I think a lot about the not original yoga narrative, but the yoga narrative like, you know, post-colonial in India and how during colonial days there, the practice became increasingly one of like freak shows on the side and hermetics, like just dudes who, you know, who really were wanting to live outside of society and were choosing to express themselves in a way that ensured that. And the whole ho Krishnamacharya householding teaching that came through, you know, the various teachers that he touched and essentially transformed Western yoga with were sort of like the forces forcing, like you were kind of saying, I'm not going to stay monastic. And for all of these reasons you've said, I'm going to take it into the world and see if I can balance it, right? 
That's what I hear you saying is that, you know, from your learning yoga to going into Kung Fu, you're like balancing these two things. And then you go to Kripalu and you see these things and you're having this different experience from other people. And instead of going to the rage, instead you go to the compassion and into the world. I don't know. I don't know if that takes us to Willow Street, but or it takes us to you becoming a teacher, I bet. Yeah, so um, so through the, uh, the on just the nuts and bolts of the my experience at Kripalu, um, the with all the different training, it was just amazing how many different layers of um, education and learning yeah, were available, yeah. and just like just the schedule every day was yeah. we had morning sadhana before we did mm -hmm. the seva, which was sadhana being spiritual practice, yeah. just meaning yoga, meditation, and pranayam. We had 4.30 practice, and then we usually had some kind of evening event. It was... Every day. It was really a blessing. The, yeah. um, um, was it so every day? It was, that was the schedule every day? That was the schedule every uh -huh. day. I uh -huh. mean, yeah. I mean, we were, we were, we were flexible. Um, yeah. 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 We, the, and the, um, so I left Kripalu both with a credential in mm. um, uh, yoga teacher training. I was a Kripalu certified teacher. Um, what was our thing? Press point technology. Oh. And a heartfelt voice that <laughs> went right into your mind because we taught with microphones. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> we had these great studios with sound systems. Really? We were in your mind. And why I cheese that a little bit is because, so I left there, I had some challenges. I um, did exactly what everybody else does leaving Kripalu. Oh, um, yeah. And I went back. Basically. I ended up in Albuquerque oh, through some um, okay. interesting Got it. Uh, life experiences. Went back to the potatoes and pot for a while. Um, the they're, they're, it's, it's always there for you. <laughs> it's exactly. It's, you the have no idea how true that is. There, yeah. um, right? Um, so I uh, got a job because I had my resume looked good in terms of food service, but I also had to recognize that... Um, I, I, I don't know. I think I had this expectation that everybody was going to see me the way I now had recognized myself, but... Mm. The fact that I, you know, on my resume, I had some good Marriott experience and I had this wacky, uh, this institution that I had just cooked at, but it didn't change the fact that I had gone to 10th week for a week and mm -hmm. I didn't put this on the resume, but mm -hmm. that week didn't even count because totally high, completely high. And I'm pretty sure I didn't make it Wednesday. So, <laughs> the, so life caught up with me a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. got this job, teach, uh, cooking, uh, running a crew of folks at a crazy restaurant and, um, this is Albuquerque? This is Albuquerque. Uh -huh. feed. I had a revelation, one, uh, which I loved because I went from the most conscious work environment to the craziest work environment. The amount of meth that was happening oh in the kitchen I was at oh. and, um, and the amount of dudes who are ex-cons and, um, oh and super Latino. It was fantastic. And I was so proud of my agility because I, like, I would stop fights. I would send them to the walk-in to get high. Mm. We would like, mm -hmm. it was like, I was like, mm -hmm. this was, it was a cool Everybody challenge on breath. one level, right? Exactly. I would like, would completely say them differently. Mm -hmm. I would use yogic mm -hmm. tools and, um, mm. and just plenty of profanity, which seemed to be important. Mm -hmm. the, um, so anyway, I had a revelation one day that um, I was just feeding people who weren't hungry and as much as I needed, blah, blah, blah. So I remembered Seva and I went and I worked with the, Ar uh, the Albuquerque Association of Retarded Citizens for mm -hmm. numbers of years. I love this story. Um, it was great. I also, while I was there, I did a great massage school, the New Mexico School of Natural Therapeutics. Um, life keeps living. I kind of do a little bit of yoga. Sometimes I teach some yoga. I don't even think I was teaching then because what I felt like, as grateful as I am to Kripalu, I really felt like I was more leading an asana and pranayama experience than mm. teaching. Mm. Create an mm. environment where That's an grow. interesting distinction. Was this through the microphone? That's what This is what you're talking about? That through the microphone, that was the leading asana and pranayama experience? Or is that something else? Oh, yeah. So at Kripalu, this is, this is kind of written to John Friend, which is kind of mm -hmm. where I take a big turn in mm -hmm. my teaching bit because mm -hmm. part of the thing with Kripalu because it was this very heart based community yeah. and we kind of had this this teaching approach which um, I did um, but I did but it wasn't true to me mm -hmm. so life happened yeah, I yeah. left Albuquerque after I had been certified um, I'd gotten more massage hours and um, 
and also had made a plan to, um, with the woman I was involved with and the group of friends I had made, we were going to go make solar houses out cool. of mud in um, northern You're New Mexico. Such a, yeah, you're definitely have kids a seeker. With muddy feet. Oh my god! <laughs> it was yeah. great. Um, and can I just say, I just visited <laughs> them two summers ago, and uh, everybody in that house, we had this group home in Albuquerque. This this uh, group of friends home yeah. in Albuquerque, and um, everybody in that group, except for me and my partner at the time, um, are doing that, and they have the most they crazy, hippie, beautiful oh, wow. farms. Oh my god, the creativity and love that they've created. That's so, so cool. It's so beautiful. So I actually came out here in a um, in a Volkswagen van with the because recognizing that every other person in New Mexico was a massage therapist, bit of a poverty mentality. Love you, New Mexico. <laughs> the um, right in my realm anyway. So I was like, Susie Hurley had been bugging me for years ever since I would left Grappolo, come teach for me, come oh. out here. And I was like, well, out here, there's lots of money and stress. I will go out here, we'll make a bunch of money and go back and buy land and to plan plan A, kids with uh, muddy feet. Right, right. Start teaching at Cropalo, I mean at Cropalo at Willow Street, um, just a little bit and mostly focus on the massage. Where my kind of teaching career takes a bit of a turn is when a goofy ass, brilliant dude walks in the door named John Friend mm. and... Um, not only at um, Capallo, he walked. In oh the no, door. sorry, this was at Willow Street. Oh, Willow so Street. He, sorry, we no, came, that was we Capallo. hosted yeah. him. We yeah, hosted yeah, okay. him at Willow Street. Mm -hmm. This was, um, boy, it would have been '98, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> where maybe even earlier, maybe '96 or '7. I'm not sure. Maybe '97. Doesn't matter. The, um, in that realm. Um, and the thing about John Friend, not only was he. Um, uh, a piece of that that maybe you got a little sense of it when I talked about that path of least resistance idea. Mm. I love bodies. I really love anatomy. Mm. Um, I was aware when I was at Kripalu that the biomechanicals, I didn't realize at the time how much, that the biomechanical stuff was not quite as solid when I was there, and I put more emphasis into it. But John Friend had distilled some really good alignment principles that in whatever part of my mind mm -hmm. has sort of this engineering aspect just made right. perfect sense to me. Right. And um, as I, in the future years, as I delved into them, those tools and the understanding of anatomical neutral and what I like to describe as the aligning with the intelligence of the body mm -hmm. has allowed mm -hmm. me to mm -hmm. support so many These more words people. are yours, intelligence of the alignment of the body. Oh, those are my words. Yours, that's um, good. Thanks, yeah. Hashtag um, trademarked it, I know. Joe, to be the next. <laughs> that's not how I've been saying that for years in my class. <laughs> good. Is, um, is, so that was such a shift in terms of just kind of re, because I'd lost a little bit, um, my kind of uh, enthusiasm around the yoga post the Kripalu leaving and the structure is also good for my, as you can tell in this podcast, my airy ass. And mm -hmm. so having a, you go to yoga now, you have breakfast now, mm -hmm. you go to bed now, it was really healthy, mm. um, which mm. is a lesson that mm. took me more into Ayurveda as I realized my yeah. challenges with routine. Yeah. But just the one more piece um, is with with John was why it was such a, kind of shift in my relationship with teaching was instead of the voice, look yeah. deep into your own self. He was just a goofball. He was funny and he was just authentic. And it really overnight, and we had a really good personal connection, um, it really overnight just gave me permission to be me and to find my teaching voice and to let go of this story that this is what yoga is like. And it was just a tremendous time. And we basically, it was an interesting time with the yoga world, which was, was exploding. Yeah, exactly. It was the boom. Yeah, Willow Street was mm -hmm. the fastest growing business in mm -hmm. Tacoma Park in the 90s, just by way of That's example. amazing. The it fastest growing. growing Golly, that's crazy. I mean. She, yeah. The, yeah. yeah the, I, I will say you, you're going to, I'm. Uh, interview Susie so um, yeah but the early stories of how I mean she just built that business out of love it's amazing um, oh I can't wait it's yeah uh, me too I look forward to hearing it um, yeah so from there I just really I went and did um, I started doing teacher trainings with John mm -hmm. Friend as he was the Anasara thing was kind of a work in progress it hadn't quite been distilled it hadn't um, it didn't have a name yet on actually I should just say yeah it was pre Anasara really technically mm -hmm. Anasara let's translate that yeah um, 
Anu is um, like your heart. So the idea is Anusara is like following the truth of your heart would be the one, the definition that I like. Following best. the truth of your heart yoga. Anusara. Yeah. 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 And that was the, I mean, he really did like the five principles, especially for those of us who have tried some the different methodologies, the Iyengar methodology, mm-hmm. which I was really appreciated so much of. And at the same time, there was something there that didn't quite fit with my maybe like robotic. <laughs> I wouldn't maybe say that on a podcast. Strict. It's a little I would. rigid. <laughs> a little. Um, a I had a little the, harsh around the edges. Uh, John Schumacher. I know. And, I know. And, uh, he invited me to meet Mr. I bet you were there. The, um, yeah, we the, were. Yeah, that's too bad we didn't overlap. We didn't overlap. But at that, <laughs> when he his last visit, <laughs> peace be upon him, Mr. Yeah, Angar, totally. Who, when he came to the States, that uh, was so great of John to invite all these folks who had. 2005 from, or something, right? Been around there, right? The. Um, is I'm invited. He was nice to invite the other uh, studio or whatever teachers, the different teachers he appreciated uh, in the city. And I had the good fortune. I told Mr. Iyengar that um, he uh, he watered a seed that changed the world, and he gave half my family jobs because uh. my brother, I mean my mother, my sister, and me were all yoga teachers at the time. That's a great. That's well, such I, a nice. What did he say? Um, he he's. He, he smiled at me he and did? Tapped, patted me on my head. Aww, <laughs> he was, did? I, I was kind of half pronounced. Oh, that I did, yeah. yeah he was just, everybody was kind of circling through and just Aww, giving him I know, little, right, when he was against that wall. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was with a guy who later, a teacher of mine who later died in a, um, um, jumping out of a plane. What do you do? Plane. Wow. Anyway, yeah, he was like this amazing, t- you may have met him, Maytab. Anyway, yeah, anyway, so he was, yeah, the three of us met Iyengar at the same time. And that's it, right? My favorite yoga de- definition is yoga is how to die well. Totally. I do you think do you agree with this statement? I've been thinking about it. I'm not sure if I agree, but anymore, but for at least 10 years I would say that sukhasana or just any simple steady pose, seated pose is the practice of the art of living, and then shavasana is like the beginning of the practice of the art of dying. I just kind of feel like those two poses, I don't know. It's not like you, you've got to do a bunch of other stuff. But anyway, the what do you think about that? Go. Oh, no, totally, right? Like the um, Yeah, say what your thing again. You just said yoga is the... the learning how to die well. I mean, there's so many. I love, well. I have a game of, um, because the tradition is so vast and there's so many different yeah. expressions of it. And yeah. it's Patanjali laid down those sutras, which of course were a distillation of uh, a thousand previous years of texts and, and or people and or songs, right? And oh yeah, no, totally. Of course, the first Vedic, the first, yeah. the first expressions of it were the Vedic hymns, right? Um, which are so ironic. Like if you go right back mm-hmm. to the um, the the original Vedas, like to think of where we are now in this adharmic monstrosity and beautiful chaos of modern life like those original hymns were about like aligning with nature and healing nature in a time where you could you you know just from our perspective you could barely step out of nature right once it was dark right right you you had to go to bed pretty soon yeah that's so um, it's just fascinating like how immersed they were in the earth right and these first pieces um Anyway, that aligning with the intelligence of the body is the step into Mm -hmm. this bigger relationship, Mm -hmm. right? With what? Universe? With? The mystery? What is, yeah, I mean, what is the, um, what is the nature of us, right? I mean, it's kind of the beautiful thing because why I like and why it's a good way to start the podcast Mm -hmm. is like, why did you come to your first yoga class? The, um, is... In my experience and in, um, in myself and in observations, you know, you come to yoga class and if you come for a little bit of peace or you come for a tight ass, you get more than you bargain right. for. Like, um, there's just more here. And to me, the great invitation in yoga is that. There's more here. There's more peace. There's more awareness. There's... there's an opportunity to recognize my favorite quote from the Gita, that our mind is our greatest means to liberation and our mind is our greatest hindrance to it. We find ourselves in this experience where we're literally, it sounds absurd, but we're literally the center of the universe, right? Everything we've experienced is through this mind, these five senses, this enculturation, 
healthy relationship, I'm learning right now, and constantly requires space. It requires space and authenticity. Yeah. We find ourselves as these creatures who are getting dragged around by our stories. You right. Know? right. Yoga teaches us we're not so much seeing the world the way it is. We're seeing the world the way we are. Right. Right. That's why, of course, I don't need to tell Kim Weeks is the, <laughs> the classic <laughs> definition from Sri Patanjali, right. Chitta Vritti Narodaha. Yoga right. as a state, we practice yoga to achieve yoga, is a state of transparency or peace. Yoga is a stopping of the turnings of the mind or even a mastering of them. Right. Until we can get quiet and just see, right. we're just caught up in the moment. I, you know, I'm teaching um, the first pada right now and toggling between Iyengar's translation and Sachinananda's. Which nice. one did you read? Oh, I, I know both? them both. I, you know, this is the thing with the Iyengar translations, yeah. isn't it? To so me, like, dense. and I'm, but yes, but also, like, for me, it's because, like, the story of Iyengar, how you know, broke his back, like the stories of fire and un, all the, like, and I've. I've, re- I've, I've learned too much about it. And um, he's just a f- super fiery, intense guy. But like, I love, especially like on the sutras, where you can just see his love, and especially that talk, which we were just being reminded mm-hmm. of. You remember the talk? Which one? Gave? The talk, his last uh, at Oh, the that John one, Shukri, yeah, at, at the uh, Lisner Auditorium. Lisner Auditorium, mm-hmm. like it was packed. It was just, it was just love, 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 love. Remember like, they dragged him off the stage, and he was like a vaudeville character, like with his. You know, the, the thing around his neck, he's like, yoga's the only way. And it's like the last thing he said to all of us. He just wanted to make sure that was the last thing we it remembered. Was, it was amazing. Yeah. The, um, and so, like, for me, like, um, it's just, it's been interesting, not only in rewriting the story of my dad as I've become a parent, but how um, new perspectives, because this hard-ass abuse of all that, I don't mean, I'm so grateful for Mr. Iyengar, like he literally created the yoga class, is... Um, yeah, I did, and props. Yeah, and oh, well, then exactly, the props, mm-hmm. right? And But in those uh, sutras, in his, like, it's but just love. But there's a love. dark side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, he's taken a classical philosophy that we have to transcend this body is in our way to be free. So that in itself, I let go of that. That was the other big John Friend thing. Was I was going to ask you about that. Aspect. Yeah, tell me, let's talk about that for a minute, the, or, um, what, or how that, yeah, because, we, you know, in, in terms of your story, as much as we could talk about the sutras all day long, um, yeah, right. Let's do a sutras podcast. <laughs> Please, let's do it. Chris would be down. He's oh, ready. Yeah. I'm, in I'm, fact, he was giving it. me an example yesterday. We like a jeep. We got a bunch. Of, there's a bunch of folks we could get. Oh, it would be yeah. so good. Yeah, and yes, I think the sutras talk would be amazing. But, um, but, but you're talking about John. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, please. Oh, that you know, John really. I mean, it sounds like he just codified a bunch of things for you. Not least because, at least when you were first exposed to him, he had no system just yet or he wasn't or uh, something but but the tantric thing the tantric teaching is something that's always been very interesting to me because my um you know as I tell people all the time you know I was teaching 16 years before I became an Iyengar teacher but Anusara um never drew me and it it never and so I don't I know very little about it except that I've got John's manual that somebody gave me which I still find so amazing that was a good manual yeah yeah it's really good so yeah there's some great yeah (laughs) biomechanical stuff to well loops and spirals etc um and I don't mean to say etc like in it but oh no I'm so profound um but the tantric thing so tell me about that and tell me how the sutras from your reading yeah what happens sutras and tantra um It's, it's a bigger. I try not to go too I know, professorial maybe. here on no, that. So do just it. To, for the scholars in the audience, I'm you know, I am for the sake of uh, understanding, making a broad and simple expression of the yoga tradition here. So I mentioned a little bit those Vedic hymns yep. that came from. Um, uh, out of and flowed into what was called the, and still is, the uh, philosophy of Samkhya. They were the folks who, Samkhya means to enumerate. Their whole thing was through deep practice, was giving everything from gems to mantras where all of these interesting vibrations and things we work with came out of the Samkhya tradition. Uh, You go back, uh, 
a couple hundred years, and you would always see uh, Patanjali paired with the Samkhya Patanjali yoga tradition. So that flowed to what is um, the part I'm oversimplifying and a little bit where the Iyengars fall is um, is the classic yoga tradition. The uh, recognized we are on this wheel of suffering. This body is a misidentification of the fundamental truth that lights all of us. That the unchanging consciousness. You could call it Purusha. You could call it God. You could call it Keanu Reeves. <laughs> you can really call it whatever you want. It's the big question. What is yeah. this? Uh, magic that makes our breath alive right. is what I say it in a the way I say it in our bound up religious theistic wackiness of yeah. our culture today. Yeah. So it can be as broad as possible. Their whole idea was the way you get off this wheel of suffering. First, you master the body. First, you master your ethics. Then you master your body. And then you have the ability to transcend it. Right this bag of filth that mm. we're stuck in right. that is caught yeah. on this wheel of samsara coming back again and again and again to learn its lessons till it's ultimately free. Tantrics came along. So there was some Vedantas. There are some other things going on. We're going to skip mm -hmm. ahead. From the Vedas. Yeah. Well, yeah from the, um, there is not there. There is a oh, other Vedantic, Vedantic school. There uh, is some other things. Yeah. But just to kind of jump to Tantra and skip ahead a little bit. The Tantric said, um, no, it's not a that's the light and I need to transcend the prakriti, the material to step away from it. The tantric said, no, I am the light. This body is not a, a hindrance to my liberation. This body is in fact, not only a means to it, it's an opportunity to express my divine truth in the world. So it's just this fundamental shift from our perspective on life is something I have to get through so I can find peace to life is a gift. Let's celebrate it. Every single second, every moment, right. all the time. Yeah. Part of the reason you, if you interweb the, maybe this is less true these days, but if you type in Tantra and yoga in the interwebs, you will see yoga plus sex pretty mm -hmm. quickly. I know, yeah. It definitely got yeah. linked fast. Was because one of the offshoots, there's a there's an interesting because little... Because sex sells. Because right? sex sells. <laughs> and, um, and also the tantrics, because they recognized the body as sacred, they, um, they used a lot of very intense uh, sexual imagery of body. They did have, and they also saw the Shakti-Shivi relationship, the intercourse itself, as a physical union. So there was this, like, like 2% of the tantric teachings, they're really good ones, but 2% mm -hmm. of the tantric teachings are what are called matuna, interesting, to make two one, and those are the sexual practices as sex, as a spiritual experience. But that would, I would say, mm -hmm. I could keep going clearly, but mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. shut me up at any point. <laughs> no, the, um, it's is interesting. The, yeah, so that's kind of... It's the, helpful the, for people to see that there is this, you know, th th that the whole bag of tantric influence is sort of what Anusara and John Friend and people who practice with him were thinking. And, and that radiance that I've always seen, and this is just me personally, and like Anusara or Anusara-derived teachers, this like flowiness, this like, oh, yeah. it's, it's really interesting, it's kind of a like, I don't know, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just uh, different. And, and, and I, I see that a lot, don't you? Like, the, uh, if a practitioner is an Ashtanga practitioner, like hardcore Mysore in the morning type thing, they have a certain look and feel uh, about oh, them oh, in the yeah. same way that somebody who practices a lot of Iyengar has a look and feel to them, and the Flogis have their own like look and feel kind of, although that's like a mishmash of an industry driven by the consumer now, less so, I think, by a pedagogy or a methodology, yeah, really, yeah. more like, what do I want right now? Um, anyway, and so the Anusara people, I've always been just, so it, 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 it making was. that connection so, for me. It, especially in mm -hmm. the early days when so many of us who had found John mm -hmm. were um, kind of a little bit disillusioned, Iyengar yogis, yeah. Kripalu yogis, yeah. like not that we weren't grateful for the stuff, but it just really, for so many of us, it just really gave us, uh, like it brought it all together and mm -hmm. it was so yeah. empowering. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and when it was five principles and a theme song, yeah, it right. really gave <laughs> right. those of us who, because the original crew yeah. who like were, were working You're with him yeah. had a ton of experience. There yeah. was an exception, but we yeah. were this these these yeah. really experienced teachers, right? And unfortunately, and it you goes are. back to the um, 
the, the fundamental flaw of all human um, organizations, not least of which the one we carry yeah. in our brain, yeah, yeah. is yeah. as the years went by, yeah. Um, yeah. the five principles in a theme song, which created so much freedom yeah. and creativity, yeah. it just because the methodology did not, was not as able to be as easily digested for some than yeah. others, yeah. Um, was, um, yeah, Unfortunately, Anasara just got, this was, took a long time, but just more and more rigid. And oh, um, so yeah, like mm. by the last uh, immersion mm. that I was teaching, which was mm -hmm. the precursor to our teacher training program, mm. like literally every minute of the oh, training was, 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 yeah, which was of scripted course, kind was scripted, of. Scripted, yeah, yeah, we literally had this. Huh. Um, and the other thing that, mm. as John got more and more ungrounded through the years, um, God, I remember um, when I first met um, him, he would, uh, he was the goofiest, most poorly dressed dude I've ever met in my life. And he, um, hmm. he would drink one cup of black tea in the morning by 12 years later when I was at his 50th surprise birthday party in, um, I think it was in Denver. It was somewhere out west. Anyway, um, he was uh, uh, not only in uh, probably... $3,000 worth of bling and designer jeans. Um, and uh, he was doing handstands while he was be in full handstand. He was um, getting uh, fed shots, like, of whatever liquor. Um, oh, was so, I know. so <laughs> disappointing. It no, really hurts right. to hear, actually. And it's also the pitfall oh, of, like, what's called the left-handed path in Tantra. If everything's divine, then our most base desires are divine, right? Like yeah, so Tantra easy. says it's all divine, but wait. Right. Hold but on, there's the left a, hand. Yeah, yeah there's a yeah. left-handed path and there's yeah, a right-handed path yeah, in terms of like... We just, but, we're yeah. really looking for right and wrong and for good and evil. Our brains, our primordial brains are just distinguishing that like prey or friend, you know, friend or like, I don't know, in my tribe, not in my tribe. It's so Oh, crazy. we can see it so broadly all yeah, over the place. Yeah, all right over now. the place. Well, so let's bring it to... Um, it, so, so like bring it to... Uh, Willow Street and you're teaching now and what happened once John Friend and his situation sort of dissolved although I heard he's back somebody told me that recently is that not true is that true but just like I would have no information <laughs> <laughs> the, um, <laughs> okay good the um so yeah, what yeah, happened? Yes, so we yeah, so we I mean I remember um, that being so traumatic I, and one Oh, it was big, you yeah, know. Yeah, it yeah. was a tricky because the other teacher, um, and just on my own Oh yeah, we were at the training where you were being scripted. That was what you were talking about. Yeah, so it was so by just to kind of illustrate it's a bigger uh, story, but just how much the system and John and all of us had changed. And um and it's interesting, although I it, uh, I want to pretend I was not conscious of this in the moment. But John from, um, you know, the small group of us that started with him in the early days, he had, um, like I said, had just obviously had such a different and personal shift that was not, um, um, not uh, that was obvious to me. Um, and at the same time, not long after I had met John Friend, I also had the good fortune to meet um, uh, Rod Stryker, who had a different tantric connection to a different lineage through the Himalayan Institute and Pandit Rajmani Tiganat, who is his teacher. And what kind of distilled for me, this was, I'm so grateful for this, as, especially as we kind of got Anasara the brand, um, and because of the, my connection with Rod, the way I kind of looked at it through the years was Rod became my like personal teacher where I learned some really, um, I'm so grateful, some really unique and powerful tantric tools that John, in fact, just didn't have um, the access to because he'd never really delved into the tradition other than Iyengar and had decided to leave Iyengar and then had gone and uh, found his own philosophical yeah. teacher who was Dr. It. Douglas Brooks. Oh, right. Um, Doug was Brooks. kind of the, and there was, right. it got bigger One than that. Forgets. But that's yep. the yep. kind of, that's the roots. That's where he got yep. the name and that's yep. the roots yep. of the original kind of, what I would do actually describe because especially in that manual, I think we'd gone a little bit off the tantric path, which is tricky because tantra means to take the best of everything. It literally means to weave 
Um, I have a pretty good article on it on our website. Cool. If you're interested. WillowStreetYoga.com. Um, that's right. Um, and so anyway, the... Um, uh, yeah, so just that that tantric expression was a little cattywampus. Oh, sorry, I lost myself somewhere in there. The um, uh, the Doug Brooks. It was the um, you said you had at that point with the manual gotten to a place where yeah, I had just um, so I had this personal teachings mm. with Rod oh, and right. he had his own methodology. Oh right. And so when it came time, uh, this had been the plan, and we had been running it. Uh, me and my uh, life partner Natalie Miller had been running it for a couple years. Um, we officially took uh, Willow Street over. God, what would it have been now? 2012? Um, I'm not good with dates. Anyway, and, um, and at the time, even though I did have concerns and would often find myself venting because uh, the products kept coming hard and fast, mm. I had this, you would have loved From it, From the Kim. Anasara. Yeah, I had this whole line of comedy about the Anasara steak knives. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would definitely have loved it. <laughs> I know. Um, but For I, the next podcast, Joe, the next one. <laughs> Sutras and steak knives. <laughs> the, um, so what, so, um, so, and I, I just have to say also just publicly it is that I was, when we bought Willer Street, I was, my ego loved that it was the largest mm-hmm. Anasara studio on the planet in mm-hmm. terms of number of students. We had about 2,500 students and, um, and that the other thing was, um, as much as I wish I was free of this, like the honest, beca- that the way that had uh, that institutionalization of Anasara had mm-hmm. worked for us was there was this group of kind of internationally known Anasara stars. They would come to our studio every year, make us lots of money. The immersion now that. Um, uh, my sister, Kate Miller, I believe, was the, the the person who had originally come up with it, had been institutionalized. So if you wanted to, the whole process of getting certified for Anasara had really become quite uh, a money-making mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I totally appreciate, because it was through co-creation that John recognized that, no, we really, we're really trying to do something more sophisticated here and really have to take time. Like, to, even before you could apply to certification, yep. you had to t- be teaching for two years. So it mm-hmm. was, which I appreciate. I mean, you know, I tell people, and this is just the same with the Anusara, you know, I mean, similar, but I, the only thing I can do now at the beginning of a yoga class is say, you know, the average number of hours that a teacher you're going to have is between two and like 500 hours, several hundred hours, especially for the more ambitious ones. But for for me, the for me to get to the Iyengar certification took about 3,000 hours. And for me, it took, you know, a lot more because I t- obviously I'm a little slow. It took me a little bit of time to get there. But Anusara, I remember that breakup happening and feeling so sad because it was the last of the, the schools that really, other than the Iyengars, that really did have, and Ashtanga too, although I'm a little unclear, I think they kind of, you can speed into that a little more, but that would really, you know, that attached the idea of integrity in teaching with time spent doing it and time spent practicing it. And so what's happened there? Like since Anusara, the guiding principle of Anusara slash John Frenner, what's, from your point of view, right? Because you're training still, aren't you? Or teaching? What's going on over there? Oh, it's with been Anusara a minute. Itself? Like, no, oh, like you Willister. at Willow Street. Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, We've got like um, a few minutes, so I really want to hear. Oh, yeah. So the, yeah, no, absolutely. The, um, so that was a big shift yes. we took. There was a big, of course, because of that reality. And the shit hit the fan. Basically, John yeah. Friend had a, um, we could call it a left-handed path yeah. sex scandal. Yeah. The, um, uh, so shit hit the fan. Also um, some financial a, mismanagement big time. Oh, yeah. Just I on so like many different layers. Harmful. Of the, just the, Toward his employees yeah, and stuff, the, right? dis, just the dysfunction. Blech. It's really... Um, it's such a... It's boy, the play of revelation is, mm-hmm. is so tough. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, intoxication so. of power. We gave up. Um, we um, partly, I like to think we were because um, it was really tough for a lot of people. So many, yeah. it was such yeah. a tight community. That yeah. brightness was addictive. You know, um, that uh, the that energy that came together and so much. In hindsight, lots more hurt than I. Well, I, I was uh, certainly conscious of at the at 
at the time, so people had such different experiences. It was um, of forgiving him and other folks and me and my life partner. I like to think we were way up front on the Me Too movement. We're really clear that yeah. this was yeah, an no, okay. unethical breach and yeah. that as a studio, we immediately, and this yeah. created quite a drama with mm -hmm. all of the teachers because we were an Anasara studio. Everybody was certified. We had more certified Anasara mm. teachers in mm. Our, mm. at our school than anywhere else on the planet. And uh, interestingly, DC was a bit of a mecca for a long time. Yeah. just Partly because totally. Susie Hurley and right. JJ Gromley, all those yeah. Hurley folks, the Gromley, yeah. The, um, so we took a stand. We wrote a letter that we asked our teachers to read um, about stepping out of a way or really try to create an environment where the folks who did not feel felt like they wanted to stay connected with um, the that did not work well. We um, we burned a lot of bridges, which um, I wish I could go back and do better. We basically stepped out of Anasara Yoga. It was a huge hit and for the business and. Um, Yes, and also kind of horrifying for, I just put, um, you know, just, uh, we'd really put all our eggs in the basket of Willow Street and keeping the, and at the same time, not only was our thing melting down, the whole bigger environment was really changing. Well, I mean, it was just, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah, the yoga world has just The Groupon, I, I think it's, a, I mean, it was right around Groupon, wasn't it? Around, it was all at the same time. Right. Yeah. So all of that shit. I mean, yeah. just the world has yeah, changed yeah. so much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, we were yeah. the only game in town. You'd come into yoga, and whatever yeah. we told it was, we had these great sessions model. Right. You'd come, and we'd do progressive teaching. So oh at the gosh. end of thirteen weeks, you'd be I, like, "So I know. I've just we had to let it teaching. go about two years ago." I know. When you know, we talk about that. Are we? Wait, are we going to lunch next Wednesday? Are you going? Oh, I don't, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you can't ask me that on the podcast. <laughs> Oh, we I have the, the we have our we have the yoga the yoga moguls moguls. <laughs> Do we still have that? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, right? <laughs> Next Wednesday. If we, if we actually invited all the yoga moguls, we would need a stadium. I know. <laughs> we would need. So true. Like, Calling all yoga teachers everybody who has a to yoga RFK studio. Stadium. That's <laughs> don't <laughs> you call off commuting because all the yoga teachers go. It wouldn't uh, be practical to speak to each other, so we just have to ohm for a while. Yeah, yeah that would be beautiful. Be yeah. Really um, okay, so, so we're just eclectic. yeah, so just I, so there um, you are, eclectic, no session based, and after, people drop yeah, in. Yeah, after blah, blah, Rod blah. had um, Rod Stryker had asked me for years, mm -hmm. um, and I'd always planned to do it. I was just catching up, and the babies just kept coming. <laughs> the um, is was going to become certified in the para yoga tradition, uh, but okay. um, and Rod, who's just was just a tremendous support, personal support through the Anasara meltdown for me and the family. It really broke my heart. To um, I just had to realize that um, it's not Ina May Gaskin. What is the um, oh Scaravelli? The woman, the uh, oh Vonda Scaravelli. Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, yeah, yeah. In her book, which yeah. is so great, it's if a you're great not, book. It's just wonderful. Yeah. There's this beautiful. Um, I think she's even. It's been years, if I'm honest, that I've read it. But I do recall this. I'm pretty think she's even talking about the um, kind of institutionalization or. Uh, uh, of the, the, but she's talking about kind of the brand's idea, mm -hmm. and there's this most fantastic uh, photo of the Statue of Liberty mm. when it was being redone, and it's all in scaffolding, mm. right? And just, of course, the idea being as soon as we, and it's this catch-22 because we need the organization of mind yeah. to yeah. get its gifts, and at the same time, right, yeah. as soon as we're, and that was the beauty of the five principles, yeah, was because totally. the first one was open to grace. Right. So it was, it took, it, it, it recognized Ishvara Pranadhan as the ultimate, the mm -hmm. offering to yeah, the highest self, the as, the, right. as the, as the, as the highest piece. So mm -hmm. anyway, I had this revelation with Rod, who I did not want to tell him, um, with because I I'm so grateful and uh, to just want to pay the debt back to him of all of the tools that he shared with me and all of the time, but I had to let him know that I was not gonna I just let go of brands yeah, and so we really try to be we think we're different in that there's and uh, maybe. Um, my musings here on this talk with yeah. you, Kim, demonstrate that we have a kind of a deeper connection and we really try to be a high level yoga school. Yeah. There's so do. much here. We try to take the best of 21st century biomechanical alignment. Yeah, to yeah work Crandall. With 
Crandall came. Oh, Crandall, yeah. We have Trina Altman. We have yeah. a whole yeah. great biomechanical yeah. thing. Yeah. And then we just had yeah. Gary Craftsow and, yeah. and Gary Craftsow and yeah. Sally Kempton, uh, folks yeah. who, um, you know, who are really recognizing the deeper tools. And the, for me, what I think one of our most beautiful things is, is the ability to recognize there's this, my body on just a practical level yeah. needs stress and challenge to yeah. be healthy. Totally. My nervous system and mind, yeah. stress and challenge kills. Yeah. The tools of yoga are precisely bringing those exactly. together where can i create exactly. an environment where i'm receiving the challenges in practice the right. stresses the forces that all yeah. the layers of me need right. to support myself exactly and then if there's an interest in the more here this yeah. ultimate invitation of yoga right the more here the, yeah um, what's this magic that makes my breath alive yeah yeah what's that part of you that's hearing my voice right right, right. that's oh. that's also that's sorry the bit that I, um, yeah, that I love doing, and even in all of these, is really, as you can imagine, super tough for a marriage and life partnership to run a business that takes a hit early oh on, God. and then is oh. really just, honestly, just on a economic basis, a bit in decline for mm -hmm. um, all of these years, mm -hmm. and. Um, and I am optimistic um, that we've made some changes and mm. um, have created an environment where we can be this this deeper studies resource. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. teacher training, I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the mm -hmm. teacher training bit is mm -hmm. um, just finished one up. Um, cool. I am so proud of the way I have taken this little bit of journey I've peaked you in today to distill yeah. into a fantastic program. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's over a year long now, just to kind of address the, the program question. Is? Yeah, the yeah, teacher training program. So you do one a year? We do one a year, That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I modeled Boundless's teacher training off of yours. Oh, cool. When it's, I started yeah. all those years ago. It's yeah. the greatest love to be able to share yeah. with folks who are going to share yeah. your, the tools that you believe yeah. in so much. I was thinking down here, and let's maybe wrap it up this way, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. The model's so messed up, and or, or in, it is in such flux. And I just wonder, like, I just ask myself all the time, like, what is the value of a yoga class? What's the value of the time that I'm spending teaching? But then the value of the time training, I could just do it endlessly. Yeah. I would, you know, I would do it. I mean, I <laughs> should I say it on a podcast that I would almost do it for free because I love it so much. I wouldn't because, like you said, way back on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And also the back to the sometime in the podcast you were talking about, you know, you've got to this, solve those first shocker issues of yeah. making the money to pay for food in a home. You know, that's fundamental. Yeah. So tell us one thing. Do you have anything you want to share with us? You're reading or anything that you've um, books or podcasts or anything that's on your mind? Um. I've been working on, uh, it's funny, I, I hesitate because um, uh, Pandachi, um, I'm really, uh, one of my challenges in this journey was I'm a real uh, dyslexic and dysgraphic and reading's challenging for me. So I just focus in on, I kind of have this big, it's a big practice. And anyway, I am working on um, Pandachi, just which I was waiting for for years, was uh, just wrote his book on the second Pada, which I started working on. Oh, so cool. Oh, it's so good. And then I realized I had to stop and go back and yeah. read The Secret of Yoga, which is on the first pod. If you haven't seen it, um, come cool. by to Willow Street. We're a nice little small business. <laughs> I know. Um, is, um, or no, just check out Himalayas Institute, um, which any yogis listening to this should, uh, yeah, well, should, no. should have a connection yeah. to. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so I am I am currently working That's on great. that. Yeah, just the fundamental. I mean, the first pod, you just yeah. so much. I mean, oh, my it's gosh. It's all there. Totally. It's, totally. And then, the, and it's the, you know, the sutras, it's like... Uh, Sitting with Richard Friedman once, or maybe I heard yeah. this on The Matrix. Yeah. Um, he talked about... It's the, all the uh, same. It's, it's he is the Matrix, basically. Richard Friedman is the Matrix. No, yes. His, um, this idea that he said years ago, which was like, the yoga sutras are good to delve into and then go and take a little sip of. And I've really found totally. that. It's to, so um, true. Like in, uh, um, yes, in just the revisiting. Yeah, so that's totally. the stuff I'm, I'm working on. Great. On the, well, it was so great to have you. Sutras and steak knives. That's the next one we're going to do. It's the full spectrum of us. <laughs> right, right? Exactly. So Joe Miller of Willow Street Yoga and a brand-free yoga teacher. Thanks That's for coming right. in to the DC Yoga Podcast. Oh, Kim, I can't thank you enough. Come on down and play yoga with us. Yay. Namaste. Namaste.